What's going on, Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, talking to you about how to become a peak performer, live life at your highest potential. By that, I mean maxing out your health, wealth, relationships, lifestyle, mindset, trying to keep all those, get to 1%, keep them at 1%, and once you get to 1%, trying to get to that 0.01% across the board, winning across all areas of your life, living to your fullest potential this year. Number one, take care of your health. Your health is your wealth. If you don't have health, you're dead. If you're sick, you have zero quality of life. Your mood's shit. That's the reality. Exercise three times a week minimum. Eat as clean as you can. Make sure you're getting good sleep. Drink a decent amount of water. Take you know the supplements that you need if you've got joint issues or whatever. You know what you have to do on the health front for the most part. Um, peak performers from everybody that I've noticed from all the clients that I've been working with for myself from from successful people um, online offline you've got to take care of your health look at guys like Grant Cardone look at guys like Tony Robbins they're 61 they look like they're 45 okay um, they've taken it to the next level we're talking about TRT we're talking about probably some low dose uh, growth hormone all that stuff you don't need to worry about until you're in your 40s or 50s to keep you looking young, keep you feeling good. Um, but you got to have the basics down at least. And, uh, you know, taking care of your health has got to be the top priority. Number two, cut ties. Uh, this is in no particular order with toxic relationships quickly and ruthlessly, whether that's a girlfriend, whether that's girls you're seeing, whether that's a wife, whether that is bad friendships, bad business partners. Um, I, I've never seen a toxic relationship you know, become recovered. It doesn't mean that that's necessarily a bad person. It just means that that relationship is toxic for you. A lot of the time that is a bad person. Uh, sometimes it's not. Uh, but assets very quickly become liabilities uh, when it comes to people. And you'll know is when you're constantly fighting, constantly having problems. Um, you know, 50% of the time with that person has become negative. You know, the people that you're spending time with, especially if you're not getting paid for it, um, you want it to be at least 80%, 90% positive. It's one thing if it's a big client who's paying you a lot of money and, and um, you've got to eat it for now to keep, keep getting paid until you can afford to get rid of that client. But if you're not getting paid for it, you've got to cut ties with those toxic relationships. And even in certain situations, even if it's a big client, you're getting a lot of money, um, you know, that might not be the right fit for you, you know, if it's become really toxic. Um, Number three, get organized and automated, okay? Buy my book, How to Get Organized. It will be the best investment you make this year. It's $50. It's not going to be on sale by the end of the year because it's going to be wrapped up in my How to Play the Game of Life course coming, by the grace of God, at the end of this year. Um, it just shows you how to put your entire life on automated. All, all your chores, all your shopping, um, daily reminders, weekly reminders, monthly reminders, quarterly reminders, yearly reminders, which is why by the first of this year, this year I had everything locked down. Okay, all my shopping, um, you know, it was like 47, 87, 107 tasks getting done, um, you know, which is why where everyone else is going out, I'm going to sleep, waking up early, getting after it on New Year's. It's not on the Habit Share app anymore, it's on the app called Tick Tick. Um, get your chores automated and outsourced, get a personal assistant if you can afford it. The book gives you the entire game plan and you can put your personal assistant on the TickTick -tick, um, with, with 
Aaron, who helps me in my business, we're both on TickTick. We're both organizational machines. I've, I've given certain tasks over to him. I don't even have to look at them because he just gets everything done. Um, it'll change your life, man. It's the most uh, useful piece of content. On my site, if you like my site, that organizational book is the, the, the most useful thing that, that I've done this far. Um, it will be wrapped up into my course, which will be the most useful thing that I've done. A piece of uh, content put out in, 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 in one go, but right now it's that book. Number four, get an accountability partner. Okay, link up on Habit Share, which allows you to share habits and put money on the line for your mistakes. So I'm running with, with $200 per mistake with Aaron right now. And uh, it's working really well. Um, we're still adjusting to the rules. It's also $200 for re renegotiation downward. If you want to make things a bit easier on yourself, that costs you to renegotiate that. Um, I've got a couple clients who are on there with me as well. And it's a game changer. It allows you to actually do things in moderation because it gives you a strong enough punishment. 200 might not be enough for you. I might move it up to 500 soon. And it gives you consistency so that every single time that you do that thing, you're getting punished for it, which is the problem with most addictions. The punishment per time is not strong enough and it's not consistent enough. You know, you can slide on a cheap meal on a pizza and it's not a big deal. You might not even get a stomach ache. But when you add $200 to that, it hurts. The only thing that hurts more is, is, is physical violence um, which is kind of impractical to do with an accountability partner. Okay. Don't get me wrong. You know, I had a lot of benefit from John D. Martini's addictions module on finding ways to replace the pleasure, or like why you're actually chasing that pleasure, but it wasn't enough in the sense of the amplifying the pleasure is not enough. In my experience, you also have to amplify the pain. This is the best way that I found. This was the biggest game changer for me last year. Number five, peak performers get up early. I'm talking five o'clock to six. If I'm sleeping in, it'll be 8 a.m. That's it. If I wake up at 10, I feel like a piece of shit. That day to me, I'm, I'm trying to recover that day until you know the afternoon if I'm lucky, which is why I don't get up at 10. It doesn't matter what's going on. I also have calls you know, all day, every day, usually starting at nine, so I've gotta be up anyways. But when I was a straight machine, working my sales job, working my business at night, it was 5 a.m. every day. I'm up before the alarm, absolute animal. I'm maybe a little bit softer now, but I mean, I'm at work in the vast, vast, vast majority of guys and I'm up between five to seven, I'll say. Number six, eight to 10 hours work a day. Um, name days are irrelevant, Saturday, Sunday, that's irrelevant. Um, holidays are irrelevant. I call them prolidays or prolidays because they're for the proles. Uh, holiday to me is just annoying because it means that the food delivery might not be open for me. I can't order my food delivery app. Um, I hate holidays. They get in the way. Stores are, are shut down. Interruption of service. Um, every day is the same for me. Should be for you, whether it's Christmas or New Year's. And... To me, all that stuff is a distraction. Um, it's obligations that I have to fulfill because, you know, I live on my mission. I live on my health, wealth, relationships, lifestyle. I'm on it every day. No day is different. And uh, every peak performer I know, eight to 10 hours a day, um, you know, unless, unless you're sitting on 
five or 10 mil, but even those guys, you know, and I've got clients like that, um, you know, they're still putting in at least six to seven a day. Um, because at that point, you, you know, if you can get to that level, you, you like to work anyways. In the future, I might want to get my work hours down to, you know, four to six hours a day. But I say that now, here's the funny thing. As I keep delegating what I hate, outsourcing, automating, getting rid of stuff that I don't want, and my day becomes more about doing what I like, which is um, coaching and research and doing these videos. I know I'm a bit behind on these videos, but um, I think I gave you guys 40 days in a row last year. The more enjoyable becomes. So I may never get those work hours down to six hours because um, I actually like the work that I'm doing. I've paid the price to be able to have work that I enjoy. Um, you know, but, but this is especially true if you're not where you want to be. It's got to be doing eight hours a day. Got to be. Okay. Um, brings me to point seven, be ruthless with time management. So minimal friendships. Um, I'm not saying get rid of your friends. I'm just saying you're not going to be able to see them too often. And forget about building that tribe or that social circle if you're not at, you know, where you want to be. Even if you where you want to be, it's, I know I did a video on that. I took that video down because here's the reality of it. You know, you should have maybe two nights free, at least in really the growth phase of you becoming a peak performer. And then you can afford maybe three to four after that if you've earned it. But for most of you guys, when I'm working with... I've got multimillionaire clients in their 40s, and I've got young guys in their 20s who don't have a lot of money. With the young guys in their 20s, they're working a job on the side. I've got them pitching and hustling for their business and, and doing what they need for the website, getting clients, um, doing the actual work. Those guys don't have, they got two nights tops and a couple hours of those nights. And most of the time, by the time it's 10 o'clock, they're exhausted because they've been grinding all day and they, they'll just, they might hit an hour and a half on YouTube and then it's going to bed. And that's what you're doing for the first couple of years, especially if you're working a job and building a business on the side. Okay. Um, so the whole chasing girls thing is, 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 you know, you've got to have that. There's a time and place. Um, you know, you can have the girlfriend situation as an entrepreneur. A lot of the time it's, it's, it's easier that way, but still, you know, maybe a couple nights a week. And then, you know, maybe a, a, a weekly cards game with your buddies, but you're just not going to have that much time. So forget about building up that social circle. Um, a lot of guys want to have everything. They want the social life too. And I'm like, that's got to be sacrificed until you get to where you're going for sure. And once you, once you got where you're going, you might want to keep going. That's, that's what you might find because then you've got all the momentum behind you. Um, you do not want to be out of the club two or three nights a week drinking, all that stuff. It's 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 going to slow you down. It's going to put you behind, and uh, it's going to let your competitors get ahead of you. Um, number eight, yearly and decade mission goals. So I go over this with all my clients, and I go over this in the tick tick. So you've got to have your every year your health, wealth, relationships, lifestyle goal. Like you want a six pack. You want to be able to get a girlfriend. You want to um, take your income from 10K a month to 40K a month. And 
you know, you want a lifestyle goal, which could be like implement how to get organized or move to Florida or move to the Philippines. Okay. So those are your decade goals. They're part of your, your mission, your, or sorry, those are your yearly goals. They're part of your mission. Your decade long goal is your mission with, um, the decade marker as progress. So you're 23. The decade goal is your mission goal where you're going to be by 30. Once you hit 30, you set the goal for 40. Okay. Um, so if you're 35, by the time you're 40, you might want to make a million dollars a year. Um, you might want to have a girlfriend that looks a certain type of way and acts a certain type of way. You want to be living in Florida. You want to get your taxes under 28% or sorry, under, under, um, like 33% through an LLC and, and, and minimizing how much you bring into your personal account. Uh, you might want 300 grand in the bank. Um, you might want base number two for the rainy season. Um, you know, in a country like Mexico or where, wherever the, the weather stacks up with, with Florida to where the, the rainy season in the middle or the season that's too hot, you know, you spend four or five months somewhere else because you have a, a business that, that's able to be run remote like that. And you just drill down into all the things you want in your lifestyle, like the condo you want to be living in, the car you want to be driving, the girlfriend that you want, all that stuff. And that's a major, major thing that I hammer in with all my clients. It's the reason that you're hearing from me now is because I set all these goals years ago, right? It's like, you know, some guys think that's overkill, but I think that if you don't have a map, you're going to get lost. In fact, I don't think that I know it. Also, it's like the Chinese proverb, like when's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago, okay? When's the best time to start planning out the rest of your life? Right now. I mean, ideally, you know, you want to know where you're going when you're 60, and I don't even have to think too hard. All I look, all I do is look at guys like Tony Robbins and Grant Cardone, and I think I want to be those guys. Except, you know, I don't want to sell out my content, right? I don't want to post a bunch of generic stuff. And I'm not saying those guys do that, but I'm saying there's a lot of guys that do that. Um, and I think if I can even get a tenth of the way there, I'm I'm gonna have a fulfilled life. So I've got my mission. I can play this lifestyle design game for the rest of my life. The levels are unlimited. Um, the top guys in my industry are in. 150 million a year or whatever crazy number they're earning. So I can see exactly where I'm going. Um, and uh, I might give you my plan. I'm 37 now. I might give you my, my decade, you know, where I want to be by 40 in another video. But it is a lot of um, levels to that. So shoot me a message in the, in the comments if you want that plan. And I'll give it to you. I'll give you, give you what, what my targets are. Um... So that's number eight. Number nine is is revenue targets monthly, quarterly, quarterly, yearly. I hated being in sales. I hated living on my targets, but it was actually really good for me because now that I'm an entrepreneur in my business, I live and die by those same targets, except I control them. There's no one breathing down my neck. And it's something that I implement with all my clients. Um, where What's your target for this month? Where are you on target? What's your target for the quarter? What's your target for the year? Okay. You can not set targets and keep your head buried in the sand, but but uh, life is a player be played situation. There's no sitting on the sidelines. Um, your competitors are growing. Your business isn't growing. It's dying. And, you know, you want to get serious about those targets. It's You're, you're not just going to accidentally hit, you know, two million a year and take home income. Okay, that has to be measured, monitored, 
And you have to constantly be asking yourself, like, what do I have to do to hit target? Okay, I, I took uh, one of my young clients, and I'm not taking credit for this, boy's a genius from 5,000 in revenue. I think we've been working together for 10 months to 220,000 in revenue for his business, for his business. His take home is 20,000. Um, and that's the question we were constantly asking. Like, what else do we have to do? Okay, um, you know, we add in the text message blast. We add in uh, increasing the, the, the money on marketing. Now, he's running a product-based business. For, the most, for most of you guys, I don't recommend a product-based business. But again, if you are exceptional, um, there's wins there too. There's wins in all these areas, even though a lot of them I'm not a huge fan of. There's wins in all these areas. Okay, but it comes down to having those revenue targets and asking like, what do I do to hit my quarter? What do I do to hit my month? How do I make, you know, okay, I need to earn 500 a day. What am I, what am I doing to get 500 today? Right? So important. Every peak performer does that. Um, number 10, six finger income and six figures in the bank is minimum to be considered a peak performer, at least in the wealth space. That's minimum guys. So that's the first target. Target two is 50K a month. Target three is 100K a month. And, you know, you keep saving that income to a degree where you're comfortable. Maybe you stop at 150 or whatever, 200. And then within your business, you find the flywheel. Um, ads is a good one where you can dump money back, compound it, reinvest it back into the business. High ticket, high margin service business, ideally. Some of my clients have, have low margin product businesses or, or high ticket service businesses with 100 employees. But either way, um, if you've got a winner on your hands, it is such a better investment than the at best 8% that you would get in the marketplace. I mean, even if you're getting 50%, right? Um, that's a tremendously better investment. So maxing out all you can put into your business um, is the best thing that you can do with your cash, with the exception of you keep 100, 200, maybe you know, 250 in the bank as an insurance policy, as five years runway, whatever that is. But that's how you're really gonna get rich. And if you look at all the peak performers, Jeff Bezos was all in, Bill Gates was all in, Steve Jobs was all in. These guys had all their money in their company, okay? I'm always gonna keep a decent amount in savings because I'm never going back to working a job and I can't fully predict the future. But other than that, the second my course is launched, we got the ads right, I'm just taking this money that I've just been hoarding and I'm just funneling it back in. And you don't have to worry too much about, you know, investments and all that stuff, okay? Um, worry about this before investing. Worry about finding your vehicle to get rich and then putting as much money back into that vehicle as possible with still having a savings cushion. Okay, worry about that before investing. And before you worry about investing, worry about protecting the money. Okay, let's say you're, you're, you're peeling off 100 grand a month, all right? Well, look around, look at, you know, go to Global Finance Mag, see the safety and the health of the bank, the banking system. See how many, see the toxic derivatives that they have on their books and start thinking, well, look, okay, um, you know, why don't I set up a private banking account in, in Singapore, right? Right now, so Singapore and Switzerland and Germany are, are the safest places to keep your money, safest banks. Um, they'll take a non-resident if you're willing to put in, you know, 200,000 into the account. The, the account minimums are creeping up, especially if you're American. 
but at least you know that that you know your income that your money is is significantly safer over there it's protected maybe diversify into some singapore dollars as well some euros and things like that um you know you're still scaling into your business but um maybe maybe you want to buy physical metals you know i've got a client that owns millions of dollars in physical gold and silver and and all these things um i got it i'd even worry about that before investment but chances are guys the world's not going to blow up in the next 10 years okay um i've been reading about the crash that's been coming since i was 20 i'm 37 now okay and the dollars continue to go up the u.s markets have continued to go up um so all you have to worry about right now is getting to six figures. Once you're at six figures, you're just going straight to seven. Because investing and in, in all that stuff will, will take a lot of your mind share away. Okay. And and one of the major things that guys do when they start getting their big paydays is, is they think they have to rush into investment. Oh, I'm losing 3% to inflation. You're losing 3% to inflation every year regardless. Even if your passive investments are beating inflation, it's you're still... You know, the currencies are running at 3%. Don't worry. You know, you keep being a peak performer. You keep following the advice. You're going to get paid, okay? You're going to make it to the 1%, stay in the 1%, get into the 0.01%. If you're at the 0.01%, you keep following the game plan. You're going to keep rising. Um, and But just just recognize that, that that's the entry into the game, okay? So don't worry about... You don't need to be on there reading about all the investment strategies and all that bullshit. And take it from me, I was I was a pro trader. One of my, um, well, actually, my oldest client was, or, or, or the client that's been with me the longest was also a pro trader. Neither of us have any money in the markets or any public companies, nor will I ever have any money in those companies. And the vast majority of guys that were real wheels, like traders, um, these types of guys do not invest in the markets, the vast majority, with a few exceptions. Um, number 11, spend them a minimum you need to be comfortable. Use the rest of, the, of your cash to buy financial security and reinvest into your mission. Every guy that got really rich did it from like one business, Forbes 500, look at them all. Even, even Warren Buffett, yes, he owns public companies, but... He owns them through his business, Berkshire Hathaway. He's a high-ticket service provider. He returns 20% a year on average. It's just 12% better than the market. That's what made him a billionaire. It was that service that he was able to provide through Berkshire Hathaway. Okay, make no mistake. High-ticket service business. Um, even the guys, you know, the real estate magnets. Um, that's a business, right? Their business is... Um, buying and renting real estate through their company, through one company, okay? And then if they get big enough, they open that up as a fund or a REIT. It's still one business, one mission. If you've got two or three missions, um, one of those is, you know, two of those are gonna suffer, okay? Much better to pick one, the one that's the most profitable, one you love the most. Put your eggs into that basket, go hard. Um, Worst case scenario, if it doesn't work out, it's not like you went in debt to buy a Subway franchise. You're in a cash flow positive, high margin, 
low inventory, low, low overhead business. You're still saving your money. You still learned a lot. You just pivot into another high ticket service business. Um, I could pivot into three or four businesses today. Something happened with, with this one, God forbid, uh, especially with all I learned. Number 12, sacrifice things that normal people do. Okay. Like quote, having a life. Um, I'm not saying not to enjoy your life, enjoy your life, but like you can't be going out and drinking every night. You can't be eating $6 cupcakes. Um, you might not be able to go to the movies on the weekend until you get really wealthy. Okay. Then you can, then you can do way more things than normal people do, but you, you might find that you, you might not want to do that because a peak performer is not an, a normal person. Peak performer is an obsessive. A peak performer is an addictive personality. It's just putting your addictions into the things that are going to benefit you. Um, you do things that normal people do, you're going to have a normal person life, which is making $50,000 pre-tax, which works, you know, for a 40 hour week, you're looking at about $15 an hour after tax and after social security and all the, um, you know, benefits and things like that are deducted. That's what you're looking at. That's, that's most people's salary. Um, and then you ask yourself, how does everyone avoid these houses and, the, and these cars? They don't. They're in debt. Okay. They're in debt. Um, which is why, like, the only people that don't have money problems are in the 1%. And the 1% were not the Wall Street Occupy guys that everyone was protesting at. Those guys are like the 0.001%. 1% of people are like six-figure earners. You know, that's the... that's. That's the entry to the peak performance game, at least on the financial side, which brings us to point 13. You got to put in extraordinary effort. Ordinary effort yields ordinary results. Extraordinary effort is the only way to get ahead and to, to get 1% across the board, period. End of discussion. Number 14, get comfortable doing uncomfortable things. Uh, the way to expand your income is expanding your comfort zone. Okay, all your future income comes from strangers. Um, one of the most beneficial things that I've ever learned was uh, outbound sales, you know, making 100 cold calls a day, just burnt through my fear of uncomfortable conversations. Um, you might not have to do outbound sales in your in your business, which is fantastic. I really I'm, I'm happy for if you don't, but you're probably going to have to do inbound sales off the marketing coming in. Or maybe you've got a sales team, but you're going to have to train them. And, and, and teach them how to have those uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations. And you're going to have to have uncomfortable conversations with them if and when they miss their targets. Okay. Every level that you get higher in business and, and in a lot of, even in fitness, right? It's uncomfortable to go to the gym and, and continuously be lifting more and, and creating those micro tears in, 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 in your body. Um, so you've got to get comfortable doing things that, that other people think are uncomfortable. That's where all the opportunity lies. Number 15, get good at selling. Uh, sales is the most important skill in business. Marketing, branding, content, product, services. They're merely just branches of sales. They're merely just branches of getting other people to give you money without a gun pointed in their face. Okay. Um, that, that's the government's job. <laughs> okay. Government's got a monopoly on force. Uh, which is why they crack down so hard on other people trying to 
utilize force. And I'm not saying that you should want to use force anyways. It's, you know, you want to have an ethical and a positive way to live. But it all comes down to every person that you've ever done business was at one point a stranger. And it's getting them to give you money, either through a product or a service. And those products and services are, um, you know, done through marketing, branding, advertising, creating free content, outbound sales, inbound advertising, you name it. Okay. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the client has to buy, whether on the phone, in person, through your sales page, through the sales team that you've trained, through the 30 sales killers that you've got on the, you know, working the phones for you, through um, any method, really, it comes down to they have to buy. Um, business itself, business itself is just a sub-discipline of sales, right? Sales is just getting someone to give you money in exchange for a product or service. And that's true across every business, no matter how high up the food chain, um, you know, it could be John Rockefeller, Jeff Bezos. At the end of the day, he started small and, and learned how to sell and created an organization that's really good at sales because they're really good at Amazon right now at delivering value, delivering their products and services, um, spends a ton on advertising and but that that all just comes down to getting you to buy getting you to give them money and the end result is i think 100 billion or something like 130 billion pre-divorce divorce took 37 billion off of him um legal marriage guys north america does not make sense 37 billion dollars is what he lost um for a few nudes that he sent his his girlfriend just so you know okay get good at selling um even if like let's just take coca-cola a company that's 100 years old or whatever the reason you know that is because the founder of the company was able to create a product that he thought tasted good and was able to sell a small amount of people in his hometown and was able to sell a bank on giving him a loan to um be able to use that to advertise and to and to get his sell his product uh, sort of store to store so that people would stock his product um, all the way up to you know creating the assembly line which you know which he used with the with, with the profits of, of the company all the way up to selling different governments to allow them to sell coca-cola in those countries the entire operation is built and maintained on salesmanship you might not think that you know it's not like someone's knocking on your door and asking you to buy coca-cola but you knew about it because of what salesmanship a guy did 100 years ago and because of the salesmanship that people continue to do they continue to keep selling that product um through the distribution channels to you know the small stores that you you, you buy them like in the mountains of, Viet, of of Thailand where I'm riding my motorcycle, where the internet reception goes out, you can go into the smallest little shack of a store and they have cold Coca-Cola in the, in, in the fridge. And that's from, ultimately, salesmanship. I'm, I'm giving those guys money, okay? I'm giving Coca-Cola money in the middle of nowhere. It's incredible. If you want to learn how to sell, check out my book, How to Sell. Um, 
and, and put it into practice. Um, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash products. Again, book's not going to be on sale by the end of the year. It's going to be part of my course. I've got a lot more information. Um, stay tuned. Stay patient for that course, please. It's, it's coming. Number 16, uh, get tough. A successful person, a peak performer, is able to sustain pain and persist over long periods of time. That's the defining uh, trait of all peak performers, pain tolerance, and be able to persist through that pain over time. Not just stay in survival mode and just take a beating, but, but take the beating, take the pain, persist past it, push into thrival, okay? That push, that, that, that desire, that hunger, that... that vigilance, that persistence, that um, relentlessness, that aggressiveness is what enables you to get out of survival mode, to get out of the 99% into the 1% and into thrival, especially through uncertainty. Like one of the most difficult things for a lot of guys becoming peak performers is it is they don't know when the treadmill's they're going to get a break off the treadmill. They don't know where the light, they're going to see the light, right? Like it's easy to kill yourself knowing you only have to be on the treadmill for 20 minutes. It's a different story altogether when you're like, when am I going to have that break? When am I going to hit six figures? When am I going to hit 20 grand a month or whatever? And and, and um, that's the key, just, just not giving up, like never, ever, ever giving up, never giving up, okay? Never quitting, um... It's a marathon, not a sprint. It's forever. The guys, a lot of the time, the guys who talk the toughest and the loudest and seem the most fired up, they only run on motivation. They quit two months later. And all that, and you see all the a trail of dead bodies behind them in terms of like three or four abandoned businesses. Okay. Um, it's the guys who just stay on the grind and never quit. And they might not be as loud and they might not be as braggadocious but they're just on their grind not stopping not quitting taking the pain and pushing past it to get to thrival okay because this is not about being a navy seal this is about ultimately happiness this is not about larping as mr super tough guy it's about getting to thrival to where you paid the price to, to be able to do what you love okay that's the whole point it's not the point of just being tough for the sake of being tough and having a mission that you hate. It's just the fact that like, if you're not rich, you have to do, you might have to do a lot of things like working a sales job like I did to be able to buy your freedom. Or if you're already rich and you're doing well, like some of my multimillionaire clients are, but you hate your business. This is common too. Like people that are wealthy and unhappy is very common because they've created a job for themselves, a job that's really well paying, but now they're, you know, they work way more than they ever did at a job. They're a way harder boss on themselves than any boss ever was. There's no off time, right? It's 24 seven. There's constantly problems like Chinese water torture, just like dripping on you. Um, and they're still living in survival because they're still, they're still carrying over those money fears that that worked for them in in getting them out of survival mode but what got you here oftentimes won't get you there to the next place okay and that next place is thrival where thrival is a luxury of doing what you love and getting paid handsomely for it it's a luxury because 
you've usually, not always, you've usually had to pay with blood, sweat, tears, cash, and all the above. Like, um, if you've been watching me over the last six months, you know I've been become a fan of John D. Martini. I really like his stuff. And one of the things he talks about is living in alignment with your true values, what you truly love to do, and structuring your life to where you can get paid handsomely for it. Because you can't get paid for all your passions, okay? You can't get paid for for everything that you love, all right? Um, but you can, you can, if you use enough creativity, you can create, you can find a high ticket service business or, or if, if you're exceptional product-based business for something that you're really passionate about. Um, that being said, John D. Martini, I think he started teaching this health and wellness stuff when he was 20. And he was able to hit a winner with it. That's not the case with a lot of people. A lot of people are going to have to go through a survival period to get ahead, to be able to get the cash, to be able to get the skills, to be able to develop the high ticket service. Um, and that's that's an ugly place. And you want to get out of that as soon as possible. You want to get into thrival as soon as possible. Okay, but you've got to pay your way to that 1% lifestyle. Blood, sweat, tears, cash, maybe all of the above. Doesn't have to be forever though. Could be two years. I'm taking some of my coaching clients, some of my young guys through in six months. I'm also taking some of my really successful wealthy clients out of survival because they're not happy. A lot of the time when guys are coming to me for coaching, um, it's because they've got some major problems. And it's just as common that I've noticed for a guy who's really wealthy and doing well to be unhappy as it is for a guy who's perhaps struggling because there's a different set of problems come with that. And that brings me to, to um, point number 18, which is once in thrival, automate, delegate, and stop doing what you hate as soon as possible. This is a lesson that took me to like last year to learn, okay? Because I realized I was also still to a degree in survival mode um, because I grew up poor, because you know, I had businesses that failed because I made a lot of money in my early 20s as a trader and I wasn't able to continue that because I had to work jobs that I hated. I'm, I'm, I'm still, or I was still just um, running too much on, on fear and survival and hoarding, okay? As opposed to, and, and trying to do everything. As opposed to like, I just got rid of doing a lot of stuff for my business. Not only did did um, I stopped doing it and my life got significantly better, but my income continues to go up. Um, so don't let fear keep you in survival mode. Only focus on enough fear to make sure you don't go backwards. And thrival is the end game where you do what you love and delegate what you hate. Remember that. So this whole thing about the peak performer is not just to be like, Part of the 1% just just because it's so that you can maximize your happiness because he who has most, the most joy wins. So like 1% health, wealth, relationships, lifestyle, mindset, that's all just to have to be able for you to be like in continually as, um, to try and be in as, as best a state as possible, you know, state being combination of your thoughts, feelings, sensations within your body. That's, that's, that's what we're trying to do here to be able to give you the highest quality of life uh, possible. And a large part of that is money, which is why I've, I've focused a lot of the, that, this video on that, because when you don't have it, 
it's hard to ever get out of survival. You're going to be working a job that you hate for $16 an hour after tax. Like, put a fucking gun to my head if that's what I had to do for the rest of my life. I'd rather be in Afghanistan, you know. I'd rather be a um, professional daredevil. I'd rather be a professional soldier. I'd rather be anything, anything, but working a regular job like that forever for bullshit money. Like, just don't let that be a fucking option, man. Don't let that be an option. Um, and if you're doing seven figures or you're doing two or three mil a year, okay, don't let fear keep pushing you to do things that you hate. Use money. Money's a tool. It's not, it's not just to be hoarded for when you're 70, okay? And that, that accumulation, that fear, that hunger got you to where you are. But once you have it, use money as a tool to be like, hey, I don't have to do the, this stuff anymore. Maybe it costs me 200 grand a year, whatever. I'm not doing that. And let me outsource this stuff, ideally to companies instead of employees, so that they handle the business system. And they handle firing, hiring and firing people. Let me get a personal assistant so I don't have any chores to do anymore. And let me delve into the two or three most profitable things and try and schedule my day to like where I only do that. And use my creativity to be able to do that and have those things be things that I like. Um, and it is okay once you're becoming successful to stop doing things that you hate. To allow yourself permission to do that. Because there is no point in elevating yourself to the 1% to be in thrival only to have created another job for yourself to, to still be in survival mode, to still wake up hitting snooze three or four times because you don't like what you're doing. Um, ultimately, every peak performer loves what they're doing, okay? Because you'll never be great at what you hate. Let me say that again. You will never be great at what you hate. You'll never be great at what you hate. Michael Jordan was amazing at basketball because he loved and obsessed with the game. Same with Kobe Bryant. Same with Warren Buffett. Same with Bill Gates. Same with Steve Jobs. The reason these guys are able to work 12-hour days is because they love what they're doing. They're obsessed with what they're doing, and they love it. You're not going to be good at something that you don't love. So if you're not, if you're not aligned with your mission right now, you have to either find a way to get aligned with it or you have to find a new mission, in my opinion. Um, I found mine, I've got my game to play for the rest of my life. This is the best use of my talents. Uh, I wasn't able to make it as a rock star. I wasn't able to make it as a pro soccer player. I'd given up on those dreams by about 16. Then I tried to, to become a pro trader. I did pretty well. I wanted to start a hedge fund. I didn't execute on that. At about 23, 24, I had a lot of money in the bank. And uh, I was trying to set up one of the original Tim Ferriss style, or maybe 25 businesses. I tapped on that. I bitched out on that. I bitched out on starting any business around that age, even though I knew I had to do it. I just didn't have the execution. So I had to fall back into a, a job, talk my way into sales, hated every day of it. Ultimately, I got out, but I could have done it so much faster, so much better. Um, you know, don't, don't let that, don't let that happen to you. Okay. Um, don't, don't take too long to find your mission. You know, the, the best use of your time in life, if you don't have the right mission that you're love that you love, or you're not able to find what you love within your current mission, 
is to get that lockdown, okay? Because every successful peak performer is in love with their mission. More than their wife, more than their children, if they're being honest, okay? Um, like, a guy's at the office 13 hours a day. He can't tell me he loves his family more than his business. Just bullshit. Um, so, I hope you found that useful. Health, wealth, relationships, mindset, lifestyle. Trying to get all those on the 1%. Number 19, okay? Get a mentor. Your mentors can be online. They can be offline. Um, none of my mentors know me. <laughs> They're all online. Even better, get a coach. If you want coaching with me, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash coaching. If you fit the profile, I'd love to work with you. Even better than coaching is to shadow a winner. If you can find a guy who's a real go-getter and shadow him directly, that's the absolute best thing you can do. 10 years ago, uh, Jared Glant went to work for Grant Cardone, making $2,500 a week. He stayed uh, Grant's right-hand man. He's worth about $10 million right now, I heard on the last podcast. Um, shadowing a guy means taking any job with him, doing whatever you can, learning from him. Uh, my friend Aaron, who works with me, when I found him in Thailand, he wasn't doing anything. Now he's closing $12,000 deals in our other business, usually about once a week. Uh, he mastered marketing uh, through my site. You know, He's on TickTick. He's, he's a beast with the organization game. He's got marketing clients as well. He's doing things for me. And he just headed off from where I'm at, Eastern Europe to the Philippines, having a good old time over there, able to pay for his lifestyle, um, continuing to earn more money every month, really proud of him. It's gonna be more work from him. My business, I might have to bring someone else on in, in, in 2021 um, as, as demand continues to rise. But if you know anybody around you that's, that's a straight killer, um, it's worth it to shadow them. Let me give you an example. If you wanna, if you're interested in selling real estate, and you're in the greater New York area, um, I'd go work for a guy like Ryan Surhant. He's on the Bravo TV show. I forget what it's called. He's got his own YouTube channel, which is huge. The guys are he's closing crazy number, crazy volume in terms of deals. Um, really good book on real estate sales. On a personal level, I don't know how you feel about the guy, but, uh, you know, a guy like that, right? If, you, if you're going to sell real estate, I would just, and you live in the greater New York area, I just walk in and I would, you know, tell them you're getting your qualifications and ask for a job and just keep coming in every day till you get a job. And it's a sales job. So every sales job, every sales guy is going to pre appreciate persistence. They will hire you. If you, if you come in with that attitude, um, that's a big move is shadow a peak performer. If you can find a peak performer, give him five years of your life as a slave, uh, as an apprentice, as, uh, um, you know, he's the samurai, you're the apprentice and that will take decades off your, uh, you know, speed your progress up by decades. If you don't have that, get you a coach. You can't afford coaching right now. That's cool. If you can't afford my coaching, man, just watch all the free videos and watch from the other guys you like. Just don't try and pick too many mentors because there's a lot of conflicting data out there. Keep it to like one guy or, you know, three, four guys at the most.
All right, so I hope that message found you well. I hope you're doing great in this new year. Sorry the video ran a bit long, but I had a lot to talk about here. Let me know what you think. If you have any questions, um, hit me up in the comment section. Much love to you.